Welcome to Sermons from Bailey Road. You are about to hear a sermon given at Bailey Road Baptist Church. Bailey Road is a small Bible-believing church located in North Jackson, Ohio, and is pastored by Pastor Aaron Smith. We are dedicated to serving the Lord through our people and through our teaching. We hope you are enlightened by today's message, and again, welcome to Bailey Road Baptist Church. Words of life. Amen. Go ahead and take your Bibles this evening and look with me to the book of Ecclesiastes. As we have been here for the last several weeks, learning about life, as Solomon has been teaching us, and there is much to learn about life, isn't there? I will tell you, life can be difficult. Life can be heavy sometimes. Life can be a struggle But no matter where you are at in life, we know that life is a journey. Solomon had a wonderful gift from the Lord in this gift of wisdom, in this gift of understanding. Solomon tried all his best to understand all that life had and all that life offered. And in this... Solomon had figured much out. He figured out how to live a life of peace among other nations. Something his father could not figure out. Of course, we know David was a man of war, and David fought many wars. He won many wars. There wasn't too many wars that David lost. Not too many battles that David lost. While it may have been an exaggeration when they sang it, when the ladies sang David had slain his his, uh, tens of thousands and Saul his thousands, like I said, it may have been an exaggeration when they sang it. By the end of David's life, it was true. He had slain multiple. Then in that, when David wanted to build a temple for God, God said, no. There's too much blood on your hands. So David, in his deathbed, called Solomon in and said, I want to build a house for God, but he won't let me. You need to do that. So Solomon took it upon his self to build a house for God. And that he did. Oh, a magnificent house. A mighty structure. One of magnificent beauty. One that had not been seen or could be compared to anything in all the world. The temple, they called it. When it was finished, God was pleased. God put his presence upon there. Entered into an agreement with Solomon saying... If you will do what I say to do, I'll put my name here. But if you don't, I won't. Now we know at the end of Solomon's life, and we know through history and through Bible history that Solomon's life did not end as it began. We know by way of studying the book of Ecclesiastes that 
Part of Solomon's confusion was in the peace that he had among these other nations. One of the ways that Solomon had gained peace throughout the regions and throughout the coast around Israel and even beyond was he began marrying multiple women. Many were princesses from other kingdoms. That was one of the ways Solomon kept peace. I mean, think about it. Would another king attack his own family? Well, we know in some cases, yes, but not necessarily their own daughter and grandchildren. And so Solomon was able to keep peace within this, but in keeping peace in the region and keeping peace within uh, Israel, there was one thing and one place that Solomon lacked the peace that he had in every other area of his life, and that was peace in his soul, peace in his heart. And so Solomon began upon a journey. In search of life and happiness. And he discovered that life in all and all is one that is short. Short life. And he spent much time in pursuit of an attempt to figure all these things out about life. He searched and he searched and he searched. He searched just in searching. To find out what he could find. And he said, it's all vanity and vexation of spirit. He said, it's all emptiness. And it's all irritation of soul when you search to find nothing. He searched through entertainment. He said, I'm just going to enjoy myself. And he built magnificent structures and had concerts just for himself. He advanced the ways of Israel and advanced the ways of his own life only as he gave testimony in chapter 2 to say that if there was anything that his eyes could see that he wanted, he got it. And in the words of his own testimony, he said, Yet have I hated life. He hated life after searching for entertainment. It wasn't in riches, that was empty, he said. He compared the ways of life, the way of the wise, the way of the simple, the way of the rich, the way of the poor, the way of the lazy, the way of the hard worker. He said it wasn't enough. He said working for all your life wasn't enough. Living a good life wasn't enough. He said wisdom itself was not enough to answer these questions that he had. None of it had been enough to give him the answers. That it was longing and looking to satisfy the emptiness of his soul. A couple of chapters ago, he realizes and goes through the fact that he knows death is coming. Matter of fact, he goes through and says that death is better than life. Solomon had experienced death, I'm sure, multiple times in his life. He had seen it. He witnessed the death of his own father. We know that for certain. 
We know that there were others within his family that died within Solomon's lifetime. He had seen it. He experienced it. He had even rationalized it within his own mind. And yet it was not enough. Because he knew that death was still coming. And in all of Solomon's wisdom, in all that Solomon knew and had acquired in his wisdom, in his knowledge, there was still this one thing that troubled him. The emptiness of the unknown. There's nothing more uncertain than the afterlife. You see, Solomon could figure out many, many things. But what he was trying to figure out the most was what was hereafter. And we find in chapter 9 of the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon says once again, For all this I considered in my heart, even to declare all this, The righteous and the wise and their works are in the hands of God. No man knoweth either love or hatred by all that is before them. All things come alike to all. There is one event to the righteous and to the wicked, to the good and to the clean, to the unclean, to him that sacrificeth, To him that sacrificeth not, as is the good, so is the sinner. He that sweareth, is he that feareth an oath. There is an evil among all things that are done under the sun. And there is one event unto all, yea, also the heart of the sons of men is full of evil. And madness is in their heart while they live. After that, they go to the dead. For to him that is joined to all the living, there is hope for a living dog is better than a dead lion. For the living know that they shall die, but the dead know not anything. Neither have there any more of reward. For the memory of them is forgotten. Also, their love and their hatred and their envy is now perished. Neither have they any more a portion forever in anything that is done under the sun. Go thy way. Eat thy bread with joy. Drink thy wine with a merry heart. For God now accepteth thy works. Let thy garments always be be always white. Let thy head lack no ointment. Live joyfully with the wife with whom thou lovest all the days of the life of thy vanity, which he hath given thee under the sun. All the days of thy vanity. That is thy portion in this life. And in thy labor, Now take us under the sun. 
Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whether thou goest. He says in verse 11, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift or the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to the men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happeneth to them all. For man also knoweth not his time, as the fishes are taken in an evil net. And as the birds that are caught in a snare, so are the sons of men snared in an evil time when it falleth suddenly upon them. This wisdom have I seen also under the sun. It seemed great unto me, he says. There was a little city and a few men within it. There came a great king against it and besieged it and built great bulwarks against it. Now there was found in it a poor wise man, and he by his wisdom delivered the city. Yet no man remembered that same poor man. Then said I, Wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised, and his words are not heard. The words of the wise men are heard and quiet more than the cry of him that ruleth among fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroyeth much good. There's a life to live, Solomon is saying. There's a life to live. It brings us to the thought in verses 1 through 6, and truly how short life is. Life is short. And in the grand scheme of things, if you were to look on the grand scale of time, we talked a couple of weeks ago and asked, how many of you would like to live to be 110? Very few raised their hand. Imagine if we did, and we were able to live to be 110, on the grand scheme of the, the scale of time, from Adam and Eve to where we are today, 110 years is just a drop in a bucket, isn't it? Life is so short. The impact that we make is, I'm not going to say it's non-existent, but in the grand scheme in the grand scale of life, the impact that you and I will make upon this world is probably not going to be great. Think about it. Life is short. Fifty years after we're dead and gone, Will anyone even remember our name? 
I, I, I tell you, I'd like to live my life in such a way that after 50 years, after I'm dead and gone, somebody would remember my name. What about 100 years? If the Lord tarries and people continue to live, 100 years. Let me just take a little quiz. Can anyone tell me your grandparents' names that lived 100 years ago? However many greats ago that was? You can? What were their names? Earl and Edna. Okay. Matilda and David. I'm not to you yet. I'll come back. One more time. Blueford McDaniel. Father's grandfather. Okay. Trevor? Bernie French. Okay. All right. Now I'm I'm just and I'm not picking here. I'm not, I promise. But no one has given me four yet. Carl and Caroline. And Grandma. There we go. John and Catherine. All right. You had your hand up? Bell and William Beer. All right. You guys are doing great. 100 years ago. About 150 years ago. Can you go back that far? You can? Go ahead. Okay. All right. Wonderful. All right. Anyone else? Go back that far? They're getting slimmer, isn't it? Elmer? Okay. Isn't that something? Listen, life is short, isn't it? Life is short. The impact that we make will impact here. But I tell you, we'll have a greater impact in eternity. You see, Solomon is going through. And he says, I've considered all of this. He said, all things come alike to all. He said, it's all there. And, and he really almost trivializes life here, doesn't he? He says, for, in verse 4, he says, for to him that is joined to all the living, there is hope. And he says, for a living dog is better than a dead lion. 
Now, I'm not exactly sure what he means by that, but I don't know that he means anything nice. I mean, what he's saying is, I'd rather have a, a live lion, but if my lion's dead, I guess a living dog will do. But look what he says in verse 5. For the living know that they shall die, but the dead know not anything. Neither have they any more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Now again, I want to remind you that God is allowing Solomon to speak his heart and his mind within this writing, within this. But as he says in verse number 6, their love, their hatred, their envy is now perished. Neither have they any more portion forever in anything that is done under the sun. When we are dead, we're dead. That's what Solomon is saying, because life is short. And I want to talk just for a few moments this, this evening about there is a life to live. We have a life to live, no matter how long it is or how short it is. And no matter how long it is, I want to remind you that it is short. But we have a life to live. I'm going to make a few comments about that through Ecclesiastes chapter 9, then we'll be through. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, I thank Thee, God, that You have given us life. And, and God, I, I know that You have... Uh, given to Solomon, and you gave to Solomon all this wisdom, and and this, and in his pursuit of of life, he he missed so much. And Father, I pray tonight that you would help us not to miss it. That we wouldn't miss life and what you have for us in it. Help us to glean from this tonight. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In verse number 7 through verse number 10, Solomon gives us a view of life in that life is unconventional. It's unconventional. And so he says, Go thy way, eat thy bread with joy, drink thy wine with a merry heart, for God now accepteth thy works. Let thy garments be always white, and thy head lack no ointment. Live joyfully with thy wife, whom thou lovest all the days of thy life, of thy vanity, of thy emptiness, is what he's saying there, which he hath given thee under the sun. All the days of thy vanity or thy emptiness. For what is thy portion in this life and in thy labor, which thou takest under the sun? Whosoever thy, or whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with all thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whither thou goest. He says, life is unconditional, therefore, enjoy it. It's unconventional. You know, there is no 
two lives exactly the same? Isn't that something? Well, we're, all in, we're all on a journey. We're all on a journey. We have, uh, and you know this, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but we have four children. Isn't it amazing that, that we could have four children and they are all completely different? I mean, not one of them are alike. They have some similarities, but they're all different. And if you have more than one child, you know this for yourself, they're different. Different personalities. They have different ways of looking at things, don't they? They have different ways of figuring things out. Life is unconventional. There is not just one way to do life. Now, I don't want to take apart and take aside that there is one way to heaven, and that's through the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't want to take that aside, but outside of that, life is unconventional. And what Solomon is getting at is in this life, we ought to enjoy it. But let me ask you something. Have you always enjoyed life? No. I know you haven't. You know how I know you haven't? Because I haven't. I haven't. And if I haven't enjoyed my life, I know you haven't enjoyed your life. I've had a fairly good life. Not everything works out the way I want it to work out, but you know what? You know what they say, such is life. You see, Solomon had figured out, though, that life is truly unconventional. And he's really giving us some, some fairly good advice here by saying, simply enjoy your life. Enjoy your life. He said, when thou lovest all the days of thy life, whether your life is empty or whether your life is full, enjoy it. Because at the end of the day, in verse number 10, whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, he said, no matter what it is you're fine to do, do it with all thy might. For there's no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave. What he's saying is, one day, life will, or life as we know it, will be over. Life is unconventional. Therefore, enjoy it. Enjoy it. Now look at verse 11. He says, I returned. Now he says this multiple times as he writes the book of Ecclesiastes, as he, he's going out. And remember, Solomon is going out on a journey to discover about life. And so when he says, I returned, what he's saying is, I've come to this conclusion. I've come to a conclusion here, and I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to the men of understanding, nor yet favor of, to men of skill, but time and chance 
happeneth to all. For man also know, knoweth not his time, as the fishes that are taken in an evil net, as the birds that are caught in the snare. So are the sons of men snared in an evil time when it falleth suddenly upon them. You know what he's saying? Not only is he saying life is unconventional, he's saying life is uncertain. Life is uncertain. Look at it again. He says, if I've learned anything in this journey, the race is not always won by the swift or by the fastest. We've learned that, haven't we? We see it all the time. He said the battle's not always won by the strongest. I think his father taught him that, didn't he? He said, neither bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor of men to skill. But look what he says, but time and chance happeneth to them all. What he's saying is life is uncertain. You could almost say it this way, life is what you make it. You could almost say it this way, life is a series of choices. I would ask tonight, what have you chosen? What have you chosen? We could talk about injuries this evening. But I wonder, how many self-inflicted injuries have we sustained in this life? Because it's sometimes left to time and chance. And he says, it's just as likely that you get caught in the snare of a net as a fish. Or the snare as a bird. And so are the sons of men snared in an evil time or a distressed time of life. Why? Because life is unconventional. Why? Because life is short. Life is uncertain. Therefore, if life is uncertain, what do we need to do? What's the answer for an uncertain life? Well... In my opinion, for the believer, we must trust more. You see, typically when, when we find something is, uh, when we find the uncertain, we want to trust less, don't we? You see, Solomon had figured this out. See, look, he says, I returned and I saw under the sun. Time and chance happened to them all. He said you could get caught in a snare or caught in a net like a fish in an evil time when it falls suddenly upon them. You see, Solomon's answer was to trust less. But I tell you, that's not the answer at all. If life is uncertain, what we ought to do is trust the certain even more. And there's nothing more certain 
than God. Nothing more certain than God. And that is what we must trust more in. Let me give you this last point. You've probably heard this one before. As a matter of fact, you may have even said it yourself at least once. But if life is unconditional and life is uncertain, in verse number 13, he says, I've seen under the sun, and it seemed great unto me. There was a little city and a few men within it. And he gives this story. He says, there was a great king that came and came against this city and besieged it and built a great bulwarks against it. Now there was founded a poor wise man, and he by his wisdom delivered the city. Yet no man remembered that poor man, that same poor man. Then said I, wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised, and his words are not heard. The words of the wise men are heard. And quiet more than the cry of him that, um, that ruleth among fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroyeth much good. You know what Solomon figured out? That you also have figured out? Life is unfair. How many of you ever said that before? Life's not fair. You know it to be true. Life's not fair. So what do we do in this case? So if if life is unconditional, what do we do? Well, therefore, we enjoy it. It's unconventional. I can enjoy that. If life is uncertain, what must I do? I must trust more in that case. Well, what about if life is unfair? What must I do? Well, I'm convinced tonight that I must... Study harder. I must study harder. He says and gives this picture, and you can can picture it in your mind. This this city, this little bitty city that, I mean, they're nothing. This great king comes in and he's he's surrounded it and he's going to besiege it and he's going to overtake it. and, And one poor old codger Comes up and says, well, I, I, know, I know how we can beat them. And they say, really, how? And so he tells them. And it worked. And then everybody forgot him. Nobody picked the man up on their shoulders and carried him around town. Nobody said thank you. Nobody gave it a second thought about this man delivering their small city. That was done for. And Solomon said, wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised, and his words are not heard. Now let me ask you something. Is it... Is it wisdom's fault in this case? No. It was no fault of this man. 
It was no fault of wisdom. It was no fault of His plan. It goes back to the fact that life is unconventional and life is uncertain. If this man had been in another city, he may have been hoisted on some shoulders. He may have gotten a pat on the back that said thank you. But he wasn't. And you say, that's not fair. I would wholeheartedly agree with you. But as we know, life is unfair. The words of the wise men are heard in a quiet more than the cry of him that ruleth among fools. He concurs that wisdom is better than weapons of war. He says it's better. And this is what I mean by therefore study harder. Don't stop studying simply because life is unfair. Don't stop and say, God, I'm done with you because life has been unfair to me. No, if we've learned anything, life is uncertain for everyone, and life is unconventional for everyone, and life is short for everyone. Therefore, study harder. Study harder. Because wisdom is better than weapons of war. We don't have to have an attaboy from the crowd, from the city, to deliver the city. Let me ask this. Life is unfair, right? I mean, would we all agree what was done to the, to the, old, or the old wise man, the old poor wise man, was wrong? Would we all agree on that? Would we say it's unfair? I think so. But let me ask you this. What about the alternative? Somebody tell me, what, what was the alternative? Death, more than likely. <laughs> the other king was coming in. Had the poor wise man said nothing? Death. So, is that not better? Maybe, I don't know, maybe I, this is just a supposition, maybe I'm reading into things a little too much here, but maybe the old man, the poor wise man is like the living dog that's better than a dead lion. It's not really fair, but it's better than nothing, right? It's better than death. Wisdom is better than weapons of war. But one sinner destroyeth much good. And they did. And I want you to see that here in the last verse. Where wisdom was better than the weapons of war, but it was the sinners and their response to the poor man and his wisdom that destroyed that good. 
Don't quit and don't stop simply because life becomes, in your opinion, unfair. Don't. Keep going. Because wisdom is better than weapons of war. We'll see much in chapter 10 as he starts in verse 1. Dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. So doth a little folly to him and reputation for wisdom and honor. We'll look at that in two weeks. In two weeks. Let's bow for prayer, shall we?